All right, so this is a show I did with a, a colorful personality, Trap Gambino. Now, Trap is a guy that uh, a lot of people online don't necessarily like him, um, you know, but I think uh, when you listen to this interview, you're going to see these pretty down-to-earth guy. Him and his wife uh, moved to Vegas just kind of on a whim. They're kind of more from small-town USA. I believe he's from Michigan, if I remember correctly. And so it was interesting to talk to him about you know, moving to bigger cities to just try to make it. And, uh, you know, when people move to Vegas, California, places in Florida, they, they might get into doing stuff they probably would have never done otherwise. And he tried to use his online uh, presence and whatnot to garner money and fame, as did his wife, which is why, uh, you know, he... <laughs> It became kind of controversial, you know, he appeared on shows like Dr. Phil, and uh, he's also, we also talked about a show which is called American Made MMA, which uh, is like an upcoming uh, reality show, MMA reality show, I know Tito Ortiz and Frank Muir and some other people involved with it, so we talked a bit about that or what he could talk about, and uh, I think most of all, he came down as a real down-to-earth guy and uh, honest guy, and uh so I think you guys find the interview interesting, and you will be seeing him because I know he's part of that show. Um, you know, besides just appearing, is he's going to have to compete? So uh, this is Trap Gambino, check it out. Trap, what's up, man? Just like that, we're live. Yeah, man. Man, that's easy. I've never done one of these before. Yeah, you can do them all the time. I'm, I'd assume you probably will. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, I'm usually like used to like Skype or Zoom, but this is dope. It's straight to the point. Yeah, so you know, I want to <laughs> let you kind of introduce yourself if there's people who may not know who you are that are watching this. Sure, man. Uh, my name is Trap Gambino. I'm a super heavyweight MMA fighter and soon-to-be boxer from Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, I'm an actor. Um, I haven't really acted in a long time, but kind of focused on fighting right now. Uh, I do music and stuff. And yeah, man, I dabble in a little bit of everything. Yeah, I know. I've seen you around like on social media a lot. I mean, you have a big following and I know you went yeah. on like Dr. Phil yeah, and man, things uh, like social that. Media. Yeah, social media has done a lot of great things for me, man. And a lot of good and a lot of bad things too. But you know, it's the double edged sword social media. Now, when did you kind of find the combat sport, so to speak? <clears throat> so, you know, I was always like a pro wrestling fan growing up. And uh, one of my favorite pro wrestlers was Brock Lesnar. And like 2007, I heard that he was going to have a real fight, like an MMA fight. And my brother ordered the pay-per-view. He called me up. He was like, hey, man, Brock Lesnar is going to fight for real. And I just, I couldn't believe it. I had to see it. I went over there and... uh I think he fought already. He already fought Frank Mayer, but it was like a quick submission. Mm -hmm. This time he fought Heath Herring for his comeback fight. Right. And they square up, and everybody's doubting Brock Lesnar. He's going to get mopped by this uh, UFC fighter. And he goes in there, and the first punch he throws, Heath Herring like, does a barrel roll, like backflip, and Brock just tackles him. And I was just – my heart just was racing, and I was just like, man, this is awesome. And Brock just whooped his ass the whole fight. Uh, was you know being cocky with them and um, I was I really enjoyed that fight man and I think that was the fight that really got me stuck into uh, MMA and ever since then I just been a real a, a big fan and Brock Lesnar is to thank for that for sure Brock Lesnar or pro wrestling 
But what made you kind of get in the gyms? Oh, in the gym? Man, yeah, so... Yeah, yeah. What, what made you I, decide I to kind of transition from that? Oh, okay. So I, I was bo I've been boxing my whole life. I, I grew up, like, in... You know, I, I went to the Salvation Army instead of the park and played basketball. I would go to the Salvation Army and we'd box. And um, I grew up in a neighborhood where that was just a thing for us. And when I when I uh, when I had kids, I just I was so big that I, I wanted to lose a lot of weight. I was like 465 pounds, and I was getting out of breath tying my shoes. And as soon as I had a kid, like it hit me, like man, like I'm literally killing myself. I wasn't drinking any water i was literally i talked to my buddy about it all the time i was surviving on like soda and um just killing my body uh for years and you know i was morbidly obese and i i you know being an athlete was just so far out for me and i just started literally just putting the gloves on standing in front of a heavy bag for like 60 seconds at a time and just you know moving my body around just hitting the heavy bag and it went from 60 seconds to 90 seconds, from 90 seconds to three minutes. And then the next thing you know, I'm dropping a lot of weight and I'm posting videos and people are liking the videos and some people aren't liking the videos. <laughs> and the people that didn't like the videos, I felt like was my first push to want to be a fighter because when I first started posting them, I just wanted to you know, spread inspiration and motivation for people to lose weight like myself. But then I started people I started getting people to comment on there saying that, you know, you're fat, you're never going to be a fighter and all this. And I was like, man, that makes me want to become a fighter. That makes me want to like prove these guys wrong. And that was my first motivation to get in the gym and start doing it. And what year was that? Do you remember? Uh, 2014, I started training. Um, where like, do you remember they like, first went to? Half, like quarter seriously. <laughs> yeah, 2014 for sure, when my daughter was born. What was the first gym that you, you checked out? Oh, man, that's a great question. I'm pretty sure it was, it's called Elite Boxing, and that's in Ohio. And I went there to spar a super heavyweight, which was a dumb idea for your first day to go into a boxing gym. Like, not really, you know, I wasn't, it was, I haven't really trained since I was a kid. And then uh, after I lost all, all that weight, I started uh, going into the boxing gym. But yeah, I went to, uh, at, at, it's Elite Boxing Gym in Ohio somewhere. It was in the boondocks uh where i'm from there wasn't really gyms or anything around me so i had to travel like two or three hours just to get to a boxing gym with real fighters anywhere and so tell me like did did you move to vegas before you like appeared on dr phil or did you appear on dr phil before you moved to so vegas? give me the timeline on that. i moved to vegas around uh 2016 and I was on Dr. Phil in 2020, mm. like right during the pandemic, pretty much. And uh, yeah, I um, when I moved to Vegas, my first goal was to, I, I moved to Vegas to fight, to become mm -hmm. a fighter myself. And then um, I, it just like my wife kind of took over, I guess. Uh, she became a fighter and she became an MMA fighter, then a professional boxer. And uh, she was getting like all this, money on Fremont Street from performing and fans all over the world. And my uh, my goal was pretty much like it, it switched from wanting to become a fighter to just like pushing her to be the best that they can she could be because, mm -hmm. you know, I, I saw that we had something here and we, I was trying to run with it. And then uh, 
I got her pregnant again. <laughs> so now it's now it was like it kind of switched to on me. So uh, that was around another time. Like um, it was like uh, it switched from being all on her to now it's my job, and that's why you know we're the perfect perfect relationship because when she's slacking, I got to pick up, and that's what I'm doing right now. But tell me what it's like. You moved to Vegas. I mean, you're from a you said a small area. Yeah, small I'm town. Because I mean. I live, you know, I kind of come from, a, I would say, a smaller, not a smaller, but a smaller area. You know, I moved to Oahu, which there's a lot of people. I was in the military there. Then I lived in Japan, you know, in some of the crazy cities there. So what it's like, you go you go to Vegas, kind of take me through that a little bit. Maybe so I, initial. <laughs> I, I go from small town Ohio to Vegas, and it's pretty much like I <clears throat> am, like, learning how to grow up. Like, I didn't, I'd never flown a plane, never flown in a plane until I moved out to Vegas. I've never, uh, did a lot of things like, you know, got my, got like hotel rooms and all this stuff. Cause I'm in this small town and everybody pretty much takes care of each other. And I got a big family in a small town. And, uh, you know, I was, I was really comfortable there. And when you go out of your comfort zone into a crazy city like Las Vegas, it's a, it's a drastic change. But it's a change that I welcomed, and it's a change that I, I like because uh, I got Vegas to thank for a lot of things. And, um, yeah, everything that I'm doing right now, I, I'd say, is uh, because of Vegas. But what was, like, some of your initial, like, uh, maybe first forays into kind of the Vegas scene, you know? Like, like what do you mean? Just one of the first things you got involved in, I would say. Oh, okay. So when I first came out here... Um, I, a lot of people know I, I came out here with no money, no jobs lined up. Uh, I have no, I had no friends or family out here and I kind of just came out here to follow my heart. And the first thing that really started happening is, uh, we were like looking, we were just looking for like, like, how can we make good money out here? And one day I was walking through Fremont street and I saw like people standing in these circles, these designated circles. And they were like, some people were just holding stupid signs. Some people were actually performing and actually being like talented. And I was, it had me thinking like, Hmm, I wonder if like, if Ashley came out here and she started like shadow boxing and we did a thing that was like, uh, you know, let's work out to get paid or something like that, like train to get paid. And uh, then I found out that you had to do like a registration to even get into one of those circles. Like you actually had to be employed by Fremont Street to be in there. So we went through all that craziness and she got a registration for her license to perform on Fremont. And uh, her first day she went out there with some headgear and some boxing gloves and I was watching her and she was shadow boxing and people were, you know, tipping her in the bucket and she made about 60 bucks in two hours. And I was like, that's not that's, that's kind of cool you know that's not too bad yeah. so uh i was like let's uh you know she's a pretty girl so let's take the headgear off and see what happens then because maybe people don't see what she really looks like we took the headgear off she made a hundred dollars the next day and then we started you know evolving her game and started interacting with more people and started having her shadow box people and starting to swar people and once she started to do that she was coming home with two to three hundred dollars in like two hours every day. Easy work, just just working out, you know, working on her skills and uh, getting paid at the same time. She had 
Dana White coming up to her, Nick Diaz coming up to her on Fremont Street. She made all kinds of fans all over the world. Uh, professional boxers would come up and think it's really cool and move around with her and teach her some things. So she was getting legit training and we were getting paid at the same time. And I would say that's our first big introduction to the Vegas scene and how, uh, how I kind of like planted our feet out here and we, we worked together to plant our feet out here. I was the I was the mind behind it and she was the you know, she was the body behind it and, and we made it happen. And that was the first big thing that we did out here in Vegas. And then tell me kind of what, what grew out, out of that or you know, obviously so you she, about she her ended box. up becoming she ended up getting a fight with the biggest uh amateur promotion in America, which is tough enough out here in Las Vegas. And she was a big fight on that card and uh, she made some money being on that card and uh yeah that was the first thing that came out of it and then uh eventually she became a professional boxer and it's, it's crazy because like she's she has with her experience she shouldn't have been she shouldn't have done that well in professional boxing but she did because of the experience that she had on fremont street and um you know a lot of people took that don't take that in consideration but when you look at her boxing fight you can you can really see that it paid off and yeah it went from that to that and then she got pregnant and then uh you know the pandemic came around so uh that's when dr phil started calling and um that's when i went on the dr phil show why did he call you so the dr phil show called because there was a lot of fake profiles that's like pretending to be me they might even comment on this this live this live right now like sometimes i'll be in the middle of an interview and like you'll see a, a comment pop up from trap gambino or like fat bambino or something you know some troll stuff it's it's kind of funny sometimes but the not funny part is that some people are dumb enough to believe that it's really me and i've had a lot of issues in my life because of that and um fortunately nowadays it's not so much because it's so public that that happens to me you know but um it wasn't back then and the dr phil show reached out to me because they they saw what was going on and um i forget who 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 told them about me but somebody told them about me and then they reached out to me because of that and they they did a whole like spiel on my story and they just interviewed me for weeks and weeks and weeks and brought me on the show and then yeah the show happened and uh yeah i guess we can go from there <laughs> well i mean were you hesitant to do it or how did you feel leading up absolutely to not because i knew exactly what i was getting myself into and i knew exactly it was, it's almost like manifest destiny so a lot of people don't believe in manifest destiny and i was on the border line for it for a while but now i i know for sure it exists man sometimes i feel like i'm in a dream or something because when me and my wife first got together we'd always make fun of dr phil and like wouldn't it be funny if we was on dr phil one day wouldn't that be hilarious because it's such a like popular thing and we're just two you know random people from ohio i never thought that we'd really be on there but i, I always talked about it and then they they came calling and I was like, man, this is dev like we have to do this. This is hilarious. First of all, for the people who really know us, it's fucking hilarious. Sorry, but can, can I cuss on here? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, it's fucking hilarious for the people who know us, and like I knew 
I knew like some people were gonna like fall for like you know if it if it made us look bad I knew some people were gonna actually fall for it I just didn't know to the lengths that it would be I didn't know that people would actually believe like everything that's in that show but there's some people that do man and uh I knew what I was getting myself into but I signed up for it anyways because I knew it was hella promotion I knew that you know I could say that's just one thing that it could be on my belt just like the whole divorce court thing and you know I was on Hulu and music videos and I was on movies with Eddie Griffin and I was on a lot of cool things and unfortunately Dr. Phil and divorce court are the, are the two things that people see the most what were you on divorce court for uh so I don't know if I can. Well, yeah, I can say this. It's public. So Divorce Court is completely scripted. Mm -hmm. And you can see that on their website. They get mad at me every time I say this. And like the producers call me literally every time I say this. But um, it's on their website. Like it's public. You can see it. It's in the fine print, whatever. But you can see it's scripted reality. So they knew that me and my wife were my my wife's an actress too she's she's been in a couple like indie films and she was in a, a commercial for the unlv over here for um uh intermountain Healthcare. but uh she's she's had some experience is what i'm trying to say so they hit us up and they knew that we were you know uh, uh into the drama and all that stuff so we we made like um we made a story up and we went on there and uh it was kind of like we we went on there to promote our our uh fight or like you know our fight aliases and stuff like that so it, it worked out man but divorce court was a lot better than dr phil because divorce court knew what we were trying to do and we knew what they were trying to do they just wanted like a good show and an entertaining show and we gave them that and dr phil doesn't care about an entertaining show they just want to really they just want the worst like situation out of every show that they have. Like Dr. Phil, like if they don't, if it's not bad, they're going to make it look bad because that's what they want. They have to have like the biggest drama on Dr. Phil. So it, that's the craziest part about that show. Yeah. I always thought, okay, this guy is Dr. Phil. I would think that what he was being serious about this stuff, but he's not, huh? Yeah. I mean, in person he is in person he kind of seems like he's genuine for the most part but then like for example there's a, a segment that gets completely cut out and it's like the first segment of the show and it's like a 15 minute segment and it's me and him just bullshitting with each other he's like he literally tells my wife he's like well they're saying all these bad things about you you don't look like all these bad things are saying about you and and trap you're obviously a fighter you're losing weight you're doing this and doing that they cut all that out and almost every positive thing he said about me they cut out so like it, it's fucked up because when i left the show i uh i told everybody i was like man wait until that show comes out i really proved everybody wrong they're gonna really see how i left a good impression on america like there was parts where the audience was basically like stand up clapping for me and everything because the shit I said, they cut all that out. They cut all that out. And so like when the show actually came out and I seen the show, I was fucking bamboozled. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is not what happened. And um, it made me look really bad, but you know, that's TV. It is what it is. I signed the papers and said they can manipulate anything they want to. It's TV. 
they uh they showed me like shaking my head yes like the same clip of me shaking my head yes to like eight different questions and like stupid stuff like that and me when they show me like pointing to a picture and then they'll show a different picture than what was actually there and like crazy stuff like that man and uh yeah it was just heavily 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 manipulated and whether dr phil is legit or not the production is not and I'll, I'll say Dr. Phil did seem legit in person. He seemed genuine in person for the most part. You know, you can tell he's playing it up a little bit for the TV. But um, he seemed like he really wanted to help and really wanted to understand. Producers don't give a fuck about any of that. They don't give a fuck about Dr. Phil. They don't care about my feelings. They don't care about anything other than putting on a big drama show. Now, what was the fallout from the show after you did it? So the fallout, <laughs> this is hilarious, man. So um, we walk outside and I, I'm i looking at the guy, the, the, they brought in like this, uh, what was it, like a, like a health, like a, a life coach, that was what it was, it was, a life coach. They brought in this life coach and uh, he's supposed to like help my life or whatever. And I'm like, why do I need help with my life? So as we're walking out, I was like, look, man, like, I'll play along with the show, like, if you want me to, so I can come back or whatever. But I don't really need help with my life. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what that is. And, like, he looked at me like he straight up took this shit dead seriously. And yeah. he was like, what? What do you mean? Like, I'm trying to help you. And, like, like he was like, he, he thinks this shit is, like, he forgets that this is just TV or something. And he got so mad at me <laughs> because I, I told him, like, I didn't need his help, basically that uh, he went off on me behind the scenes in the camera. So they, you know, they recorded all that, him, him going off on the camera about me. And then um, when, when the camera barged in on like our dressing room, I was just telling him like, man, I'm, I'm just not feeling that guy. Like I'm down to come back on the show. I'm down to accept whatever help you guys need. Cause like, of course I was trying to play along to get, get back on the show again. And uh, the more TV time, the better, you know, at that point of my career. And um, they were just, uh, you know, they were like, okay, well, we'll have you sign a waiver and uh, if, you know, to work with this guy. And then I, I call the guy back and he's just like, you know, we ain't having it. We ain't trying to work with you. Uh, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to do all this for clout and stuff like that. So I think he was on to me, man. And, and that's all right. You know, it is what it is. But uh, Dr. Phil was a, a fun time. Divorce Court was a fun time. All the other acting stuff I did was, was fun. And I would definitely do reality show again, but I wouldn't do it to a point where like people, like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fake shit anymore. Like I don't wanna, I don't wanna pretend like I'm having drama with my wife or pretend like I'm having drama with trolls online and shit like that when I'm not because people really, really, really believe in this shit. And like to this day, I get people messaging me how i got kicked out of gyms and stuff and restaurants and meanwhile i've never been kicked out of a gym or a restaurant in my life uh, i've been kicked off of an mma team once and that was the my my old uh coach that was on dr phil uh, i've never been kicked out of anything else and uh yeah drama drama is a real thing man and people believe in it but that's what tv's about that's what they want and that's what i gave them and uh that's what get, got me a lot of clout and a lot of fans but as a result of it, <clears throat> after you did it, how did it kind of lead to what you were trying to accomplish at first or, or at so, that 
I knew that they were going to see a big guy on Dr. Phil talking about how I want to fight. If I, if I know how to throw a punch, we can make a lot of money and stuff like that. Like I had a lot of one-liners on there. I knew that I was going to get promoters just piling in more than they already were uh, wanting me to fight. You know, I knew that people were either going to want me to fight or wanting to train me or wanting, you know, to, to prove me either wrong or right. But either way, I just knew it was money. And at the end of the day, that's my goal right now. My first goal is just being comfortable with money. Like, I just want to – I have a family to feed. And that's my first goal at, at the end of the day uh, with all this is I just want to feed my family. So I was doing anything I could to get to, to, to you know – skip some levels and and now i i skipped a few levels and um and now i'm here and i think it's paid off man now you are going to do another show now that you mentioned it you know that you are going to do sort of another show with this yeah made thing maybe talk about that a little bit so american made mma is a tv show that's like um it's almost like the re it's like uh the you, you know what the the ultimate fighter is mm -hmm. obviously it's almost like that but um so i don't know much about it but i do it kind of came out of nowhere man they wanted to i guess they wanted to surprise me with it or something but they came to the gym bunch of cameras three legends and uh put me to work and uh we did like a little boot camp thing and it was nerve-wracking because you got tito ortiz rampage jackson and frank Mir studying you while well, you're supposed to show off your MMA skills and uh, they're going to judge you on whether they want you on the show or not. Right. And uh, it was, I don't know, man, it was, it was insane. But at the same time, it was a manifest destiny moment for me because I always told my wife that I wanted to be on like the ultimate fighter and I wanted to be like the first super heavyweight in the UFC. And then the next thing you know, this show comes along and it's just like the ultimate fighter. And, uh, I can't really say the other part, mm -hmm. but man, you just have to wait until the show comes out. Right. But when I, when I say manifest destiny is real, it really is. And I swear when the show comes out, it's, it's proof of it, man. Uh, I've been, I've been saying a lot of things, but I've been also doing a lot of things and I've been accomplishing a lot of things and I hope people see that. And I, I do talk a lot of trash. I do, I do do that, but I also back it up. I don't just say stuff out of nowhere. I am very confident, but I'm very humble at the same time. I know where I'm at. I know what I'm about. I know who I am. And I hope at the end of the day, after all my fights are done and said what, said and done and all these shows come out, I hope they actually see that. Because there's a lot of stuff right now that uh, is out there about me that's not true. And um, I'm almost like – I'm almost having to do so much right now for, like, just damage control. Like, I feel like I almost have to do all uh, – a lot of like getting my voice out there just for damage control so people can stop seeing this other fake stuff and they can just you know the real stuff can flood in so uh mm -hmm. i got a lot of work to do man but i'm 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 on the road now what offers have you gotten for competition oh man <laughs> jeez i couldn't even literally today probably like five people in my inbox wanting to fight me saying I'm a fake fighter or um, this and that or you know I get offers from anywhere from professional fighters that had like they're like 20 and like zero like professional fighters that have no business looking at a guy like me 
to guys who've never fought a day in their life or never been in the gym the day in their life wanting to fight me and saying they can beat me up. So literally all day, every day, I'm getting random offers. Some of them legit, some of them not. But um, I do have a management team, and they're they're taking care of it for me. And I have uh, two two uh, things coming up right now. One of them is hopefully Influencer Fight League, which is just straight boxing, which is mm-hmm. uh, I think is my specialty, and I'm looking forward to showing that. And uh, that's that's the next thing that's coming up. But after that is obviously American Made MMA, which is MMA. And right, I, I mean, I've seen some of that stuff with KSI and guys like Salt Pappy. And, are yeah, they in the, man, he's a beast. Fight? Salt Pappy is a beast. Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. I think he has some good good ability. Yeah, yeah he's scary, man. He's been knocking fools out, so he, he's scary. And I like KSI, too. I don't know about his technique, but uh, he's a cool dude. Speaking of KSI, I actually train at the place that he trained at to fight Logan Paul. And we got the – I have to look at his freaking mug every time I'm in the gym because we got a big – his big fight poster on there with Logan Paul in the gym. So, yeah, I train at uh, the same spot that he used to. Yeah, so you think they might bring some of those guys in for this fight league? I mean, you never know, man. You never know. The Influencer Fight League seems like it's something new. Seems like it's uh, it's something that's, like, starting to pop off. I think if I was to fight for them, it would be the, the on the fourth card. But um, they're definitely. I mean, their their production's amazing. Their team seems really cool. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to working with these guys if I get the chance to. And they're mostly sticking to American fighters at the moment. Uh, you know, I have no idea. I just know that I think the last three cards were boxing. But I did see a story on their on their Instagram that said they were looking for MMA fighters possibly. Hmm. So I don't know. We'll see. But What'd I, I, I want to box. That's that's the next thing I really want to do. Other than like for this TV show, you know, they could tell me I'm doing sumo wrestling for this TV show, and I'm down. You know, whatever you want. But um, I, when it comes to like actually just getting in there and fighting, man, I'm looking forward to boxing because I, I I just want to put these hands on somebody without worrying about them kicking my leg or taking me down. Or I'm a boxer at heart, so that's what I'm looking forward to. Well, maybe talk about some of those fights because, like I said, we saw Salt Pappy fight like. Andy Worski, and he also fought <laughs> who the other guy was, Halal. So, what did you think about the Worski fight? Uh, so I didn't really see, though. I saw highlights. I didn't really watch the fights. The only the only fight that I really – the only influencer fights, I guess, I'm really into is definitely Jake Paul. Um, so I've never really said this publicly, but I told my wife this the other day, <clears throat> talking about Manifest Destiny. Jake Paul is going to go up and wait eventually. You know, slowly but surely, I'm going down in weight. And I'm going to get more popular. And I feel like eventually me and him's going to fight. I just have a feeling. And I feel like that's going to happen one day. And I'm going to manifest that. And that's going to be a big paycheck for me. And, um, yeah, I, I, I really follow Jake Paul's fights. I don't know why, but something about, you know, he's a goofball. He's a goofy ass. He's a douchebag kid, whatever. But he's smart as hell, man. Like the the business side of him and everything that he does, I have no choice but to respect and uh, watch and learn. So yeah, I really. What do you think that. about him fighting Anderson Silva, though? Um, I think it's insane because uh, Anderson Silva is one of my favorite. He's one of my, if not my favorite MMA fighter of all time, besides John Jones and uh, Brock Lesnar. But um, 
Yeah, I I, I don't know how that fight's going to go out. Um, I, I mean, I, I mean, obviously everyone is going to say that Anderson's going to you know knock him out, but man, I don't know. We've seen crazier things. I thought that he was stupid for fighting Tyrone Woodley the first time. When he got ty when he got past Tyrone Woodley the first time, I was like, whoo, man. Okay, you got lucky. Now fight Dylan Dennis. <laughs> you know what I mean? Fight Dylan Dennis or somebody else who doesn't have hands and build that shit up because that's what I would do. You know, I'm not trying to fight beasts right off the bat. I mean, you've seen the first guy fight. He could barely throw a punch. <laughs> and, uh, like, these guys are like Tyron Woodley again. So Tommy Fury, Tommy Fury was also, I, I feel like, a bad a bad choice. But, I mean, who am I to say what? Because he might have whooped his ass, too. But when he knocked out Tyron Woodley for the second time, that's when I was like, damn, dude, okay. Like, this dude is like, I don't know. This dude can fight, and he's got an aura with him. And sometimes that aura is stronger than talent, man. Like, I feel like, uh, yeah, manifestation is real. And, um, yeah, all that's real. Anderson fought a real boxer. Yeah, Chavez Jr. That that fight was also a lot of a lot of the things that Anderson was throwing was so awkward. Like I can't believe it, it was even landing. Like that uppercut from like down here, and he was throwing like like a Muay Thai uppercut, and you don't see that stuff in boxing. Or that last knockout he did, where he's just like he looks like an old. Well, I guess he is an old man, but he's sitting there like old man punching the dude's stomach, and then he just comes up with a right hook and just knocks the guy out cold. It's like. Anderson Silva something to study, but I love that guy. <laughs> yeah, he's always been really creative, you know. And yeah, a guy and who's willing to try things other people want to try. Yeah. Now you know Jake Paul. So he didn't sell for Rockman. Do you think he was kind of cornered into fighting Silva because maybe the last fight didn't sell? <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, you know that is a great question because like, what else would get him? What else would get anybody up? Like, the fans or anything up for this fight unless it's, like, a big fight. Because, like, we've seen Tommy Fury back, back out twice. Uh, we've seen the Rockman fight. I don't know who backed out of that one, to be honest. But, like, it just didn't happen. I'll just say that. <laughs> I feel like both sides were kind of iffy about that. And that's another fight that I was like, whoo, man. Jake Paul is in trouble. Like, I, I didn't like that fight for Jake Paul at all. Um I really thought that he was going to get hurt in that fight. And I feel like, I don't know, somebody might have saved his ass not letting that fight happen because, man, I seen Rock. Well, the no thing joke. was, his promoter is Tony Holden. He actually lives pretty close to me. He, yeah. he lives in a place called Miami, Oklahoma. And he used to promote Tommy Morrison. And uh, obviously, he's involved in this kid's fights, Tommy's sons, Kenzie and Trey. So Kenzie fought Haseem Rockman. And he TKO'd him. It was, a, it was a pretty good fight. But right. that's that's why they decided to bring Rockman in. Right. Tony didn't just pull him out of the sky. He knew who, you know, they had right. just been involved with him in a fight. So they decided to bring him in for the fight after Kenzie had just fought him. So, yeah, but, man, I, I just feel like Kenzie's so much bigger and stronger. And, yeah. And the, the experience, I don't know what they were thinking bringing in Rockman Jr., <laughs> honestly. I really don't. I just... Man, that was a bad. But then again, I don't. I didn't know what they were thinking. Fighting Tyron Woodley, I thought Tyron Woodley was going to easily just handle this guy. Like boxing is so, boxing is so different. Like I don't understand what like 
I feel like if I guess if you fight MMA for so long, you get these bad habits. Like I will admit that I did get a lot of like uh, I had to reverse a lot of things when I started training boxing again because I grew up boxing and then I came out here, started doing MMA. The first thing I did, I got in the cage. It's like this, this arm down, front foot was forward. Boom, leg kick. Boom, leg kick. Shit, okay. I guess I'm standing square now. So I had to like I had to change everything when I first came out here and now it's like I gotta change it again. Now it's now it's back on the surfboard again. Now I can stick my leg out there. Now I can bend uh down and, and not get head kicked or leg kicked or anything like that or taken down. So uh it's just such a different game. And I feel like a lot of these MMA guys forget that because Tyron Woodley was in there fighting like Mm -hmm. <laughs> like he was like a Muay Thai fighter or something. This, this isn't a Muay Thai fight. This is boxing. And man, yeah, he was like, I just can't believe he got knocked out, man. I still, it's still hard to believe for me, but it is what it is. Uh, congratulations to Jake Paul for sure. I'm hoping to get that fight one. No, I will get that fight one day for sure. Did you see this Diaz Ferguson fight this last event? <laughs> I saw clips of it. I saw clips of it, and man, it, it's hilarious. Honestly, like, and I, I love fights like that. I think it's great. I think it's hilarious how uh, Dustin Poirier t uh, tweeted out. He said the Bomb Olympics or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, taking a break in between round or in in the middle of the round, so shit's hilarious, man. I love all that. I love it all. Like a lot of people might think it's like you know disrespectful, and a lot of people might think it's like cringy or anything. I think it's hilarious, man. I love all that kind of stuff. It is funny, but I wonder how did Nate Diaz come out of that? Did he come out looking better? or worse you know? you know fans are so stupid and impressionable that he definitely came out looking better because <laughs> like i feel like he as long as he wins even if he doesn't win these fans are i swear he could like land one punch and these fans are like diaz had him <laughs> like yeah they're so yeah. delusional about the diaz brothers and which you know i i love the diaz brothers uh i'm friends with nick so i'm i'm a fan of the diaz brothers but I I'm not you know it is what it is you know they're not they're, he didn't beat Leon Edwards because he landed a punch on him so I'm not one of those guys because I saw Jake Paul make a video immediately after the fight so I think he saw him look wow this guy looked really bad I really want to fight him now you know yeah the man a motivated Diaz I think would be a lot different because he did come in there thinking that he was fighting uh, Kamzat. Kamzat Shamayev, I can never say his fucking name. I don't want to say Kamzat Shamayev, like uh, Kobe Covington. But um, he came in there, I feel like he came in there just like training jujitsu because he knew that, you know, he was just going to go straight to the ground. But uh, I feel like a motivated Diaz training straight boxing for Jake Paul. Mm. Ooh, man, that is, that's a scary, that's a scary fight. Yeah, I think that's an interesting Even point. an unmoted v Diaz is a scary fight, let's be honest. Like, he just came in there unmotivated as hell and choked out Tony Ferguson, so. Yeah. The only yeah. thing I would be worried about for him, because Paul has shown that he has power, you know. And yes. He has, yes. doesn't have maybe power, but he, and so, I don't know. Can, I'm a little worried that. breathe under those pitter-patter yeah. punches, though? Because, like, I've. Yeah. I've had that done to me before, man, and it, it's almost like like you try to cover up, and it's like yeah. I don't know. Once you once you block like five, you got like 
three more coming and even though they're not, they're not the heaviest they're, they're still like it almost like it zaps your cardio more than it really hurts your head it's weird right i think hamzat looked great you know yeah even though he was overweight <laughs> he looked he looked great but uh, do you he, think that everybody was with the scale so far we so. were talking about this we thought maybe they decided okay i think the ufc kind of looked at kind of how the fans were talking about this and not they you know like you were saying they're delusional about the diaz brothers and they were like yeah he doesn't deserve to get beat up going out on this this last fight you know they get, need yeah. to give him a better fight and i think they just said you know what you come in heavy we'll have you fight holland <laughs> yeah fight man, Ferguson that's a and conspiracy that. theory right there <laughs> well i never know man like that. it is it's so crazy how well it worked out like how mm -hmm. perfectly it worked out for everybody and um yeah man like even the submission at 209 like the clock at 209 <laughs> it's just the mma gods had it that night for sure man there was something in the air yeah i think because when i watched like the brawl you know they put out the brawl stuff and i was like this is nothing nothing like yeah i was described it i was looking for yeah when dana the way Dana was talking about it, he sounded like it was like this crazy fucking like the Conor McGregor Khabib thing. And then you watch it on YouTube and it's like, man, that wasn't even that bad. I seen worse things at the bar like last weekend. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, or even Geraldo Rivera, you know, remember when he got in a fight with those skinheads? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I brought that exactly. up since you've been on the show. You probably that's find funny. that funny. That is funny. Yeah, I mean, he's that's a, a throwback right there. Rivera show. <laughs> yeah, yeah I was like, that was nothing, nothing to cancel the press conference over. You know? Yeah, yeah, that was. Stupid. I think they did it all for show. We got to generate more interest in this fight. No one really wants to see Nate get pummeled. I wouldn't have minded, but most people didn't want to it see worked, it. It works for know? me. Yeah, I was kind of curious about the the uh, Diaz fight before it got switched, just because I was like, man, I wonder like how like I know uh comes out's like really good on the ground but like man diaz is just like it's another level like i thought it was pretty cool to see it come full circle with the eddie bravo with the with the eddie bravo 10th planet and the fucking gracies like a lot of people didn't nobody mentioned that that it was mm -hmm. a eddie bravo student getting submitted by a gracie student and mm -hmm. like it's almost like it came full circle i was like that's that's pretty cool man it, that's a uh, part of the story nobody mentioned but yeah it's crazy now you did high rollers too maybe talk about that a little bit oh man uh, shoot what do you want to know <laughs> i'll just talk about the overall experience it was insane it was insane so i got i got the notice on 10 days and um apparently this dude named supreme patty was gonna was gonna roll with this guy and then he pulled out and uh i i came in and I wasn't training basically at all, but I knew it was like, you know, I'm a big guy. I got, I got experience in the cage and, you know, I got, I got some grappling experience and it's against this little dude. And I didn't know that he was like a high level blue belt that's been competing for years and shit like that. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. I remember this guy on Vine. I used to, he used to put like spoons over his eyes and say he's shielding the haters or something like that. And that's how he got famous. But I remember watching this kid growing up and stuff. So I was like, yeah, man, that's cool. Let's uh, have a celebrity high rollers event. I show up and there's just so much fucking weed. 
it's ridiculous. Like the whole place is just smoked out. Everybody's got joints. You didn't even have to bring your own stuff. And there's a uh, like volcanoes and bags. And uh, this guy was having me hit. Um, what the fuck was it? Um, uh, was some some dabs, some uh, some crazy dabs. Like right before I <laughs> right before I stepped on the on the stage. And I was definitely, I feel like I was definitely the highest person that night on, on the cage, in the cage. And, uh, yeah, it was an, it was an experience, man. It was hard to be high and like, be like, and like wanting to fight at the same time. But, um, I think that's what it's about. So I, I liked high rollers and we were actually just talking about going over there to that event center today and, and getting some work in, but we never ended up going, but yeah, uh, high rollers is dope, man. The people over there are really cool. Uh, the event is really cool, and I think that it's going to blow up more and more, especially now that it's on Pluto TV. Are you going to the Abu Dhabi event? Uh, no, no, probably not. Because it's fairly I don't big. Go, I don't go to many, Vegas. You know, there's there's so many cool things here in Vegas that I don't go to that I don't get to go to. People would think that I I go to all the time, but man, it does. Uh, when you got kids, you have to make time for that stuff. So. I do got three little ones I have to take care of too. So a lot of times when I'm not training, I'm playing daddy. Yeah, but trap make a scene at Abu Dhabi. That would be perfect. <laughs> I know, right? I know, man. I got to get out there more. Or maybe stand outside, you know, and <laughs> try to cause some sort of ruckus or something. <laughs> just show up in a limo with some music and some girls. Yeah, just anything. Or maybe challenge somebody. <laughs> you know? Man, yeah. When I... uh the more money I get, I feel like the more crazy my career is going to get, man. Like, right now, I'm as crazy as I can afford to be. <laughs> and one day, uh, one day, people are, I don't want, one day, I won't have to tell people I'm gonna, I'm rich. They're just going to fucking see it. Now, tell us when American made, or the, yeah, the American made MMA, when is it, where can we see it, and when do you think it's going to come on? So if you go on YouTube and you type in American Made MMA, they're the first video that shows up. That's the commercial. That's literally all I know about it. Obviously, then the first filming of the show. Um, I can't really say anything other than I'm a part of the show. Uh, it's it's going to be huge, man. It, it's uh, It's got a lot of great people behind it. Um, obviously, some legends behind it. And, uh, yeah, it's... um. It's crazy, man. I, I hope anybody who really doesn't believe in themselves and like wants to do something with their life and then has a hard hard time like trusting themselves and believing in themselves and have the confidence sees this show because if they could just take a little bit of what I had on this show with them, then I feel like they could learn a lot because I if, if people only knew how not confident I really am and how much I portray confidence just to like build myself up. And, um, you know, sometimes I'm so unconfident. I'll talk shit to people just to get them to, like, want, want to whoop my ass just so I have something to, like, some kind of danger in me to train. Because if I'm not – if I don't feel danger, I don't feel like I, I need to work as hard. And, like, I have to feel like somebody's always coming from my head because I, I want to feel like I'm on point. And uh, sometimes I pump myself up like that a lot. And – you know, uh, sometimes the most unconfident people can be the most dangerous because they'll do they'll just train their ass off to be comfortable. And 
the more skills I, I get, the more money I get, and the more weight I lose, the more comfortable and the more confident I become, and the more I kill all that self-consciousness. Well, I mean, it's great talking to you. And if you find out anything about when this American Made show is on, you know, we need to put that out so people can. Yeah, man. I, I, you know, it just says coming soon on the YouTube, on the YouTube, uh, on the YouTube video. So unfortunately, that's all I know. But hopefully it's, it's dropping real soon. I'll definitely hit you a DM and all that stuff and let you know when it's coming out when I do it for sure, man. Can you do any competition in between now and then or no? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do with the Influencer Fight League. I don't think I can do like MMA, but just Influencer Fight League, just like, I think it's just like exhibition boxing or something like that. And I can probably do like high rollers and all that other stuff. But when it comes to like sanctioned MMA, I'm going to wait or like sanctioned like professional boxing or anything like that. I'm, I'm just going to wait until uh, to see what the show has in store for me. That sounds cool, man. I'm I'm interested to see it for sure. Yeah, that's uh, it's gonna be a crazy ride. <laughs> All right, man. It was great talking to you. It's great meeting you. And like, if you ever want to come back on, I'll you too, brother. Thank you so much. Yeah, take care. It's great talking to you. Hey, thanks, man. You too. Now, if you want to follow uh, Trap Gambino on Instagram, it's Trap Daddy MMA. And uh, as always, if you want to follow me, it's at the underscore Todd underscore Atkins underscore show. Uh, please follow me and please subscribe to my YouTube, uh, Todd Atkins Show. I don't ask for money. I just ask that people subscribe, follow to me. And as always, uh, like I said, I'm going to be uploading a lot more episodes, especially on the weekends when I have more time. I uh, plan to have, you know, close to probably about 50, maybe 60 episodes up here before the month is over. So uh, thank you for uh, checking out the show and uh, thanks for your support. Take care.